Hey, thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are and what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us in giving to this ministry, we invite you to do so by visiting our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, John Chesty. Good morning, Victory Church. I'm so glad that you are here. I'm uh, praying for you, those of you who are fasting, who are kind of participating in this this exercise. uh, Monday of this past week, we started uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. I pray that you're enjoying the the daily devotional that we're doing together on YouVersion. If you you haven't started that yet, it's okay. You can catch up. Uh, You can go to victory.church forward slash fast. Okay, you go to that website, you'll find everything you need to know about fasting. You'll find the links to the devotional. You'll find everything you need to know. And so maybe you didn't start, and it's okay, just start now. And maybe you started and <laughs> kind of messed up. That's okay too, okay? Lightning did not strike you. You're still here, it's okay. And so I just encourage you to keep this going. Uh, God is doing a work in us as we starve our flesh and feed our spirit. And so I encourage you, if you're, if you're uh, waiting on God for something, praying for God for something, there is power in fasting. And so I encourage you, I hope that you'll continue to do that. I also want to remind you before I dive in, on January the 30th, okay, January the 30th, which is two weeks from today, we will end our fast. Can I get an amen? amen. Man, you guys amen that really well. Edmund, I don't know if you guys did, but they're excited about ending the fast here. Uh, uh, we're going to end the fast Sunday evening with a worship night. Okay, right here at the OKC campus. Edmund, come here. Come here. Uh, we want you to come and join us at the OKC campus. We're going to do a global worship night. It's going to be an amazing night. Uh, we're going we're to come out of our fast worshiping God. We went into our fast worshiping God. We're going to come out of our fast worshiping God. And then we're going to stuff our faces. Can I get an amen? Here at the OKC campus, we're going to have Buffalo Wild Wings. We'll have pizza. I don't know what all they're planning, but it's going to be a lot of food. But it's also going to, we're going to have some carrots and some celery. If you're, if you're true fasting, let me just give you some advice. If you are really doing a water-only fast for 21 days, don't eat Buffalo Wild Wings your first meal back. That's just a little piece of advice. Uh, you and everyone in your home will thank you if you don't do that. Okay, if you turn your Bibles uh, to Matthew chapter 26, Matthew chapter 26, and while you're flipping there, uh, we are kind of in, we're in week two of this, this, this season that we started last weekend uh, called On Bended Knee, and this will come, you know, into many different elements of our life as we look at all the different avenues and what all this means. But last week, we talked about the concept. If you, if you missed it, go back and watch it. Last week, we talked about uh, God wants his job back. And there's elements of our life that we have tried to control, we have tried to take care of. And we, last week, if you remember, we, we compared job descriptions and what, God, what was God's job and what was our job. And then we compared resumes, <laughs> and that was no comparison. And I, I pray that you've been challenged by that this week, that there's elements of your life that you're like, God, I'm just going to give you your job back on that. And so I pray that this season is, is blessing you. Today I want to take us to a scripture um, to, to show us how to start. Have you ever heard the saying, um, it doesn't matter where you, how you start, it's how you finish? It doesn't matter how you start, it's how you finish. 
I think in some elements that's true, um, but, but I, I would say today in this context that what if how you start determines how you finish? And I, the story that I want to take you to in, in the scriptures is the best model we have in all the Bible. There's a lot of great models we have in the Bible, but the best one is Jesus. And Jesus had a predicament, a situation, something that was agonizing to him. And I want us to look at him, his example and how he started so that he could finish well. Matthew chapter 26, verse 36, it says this. It says, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here with me. Stay here and keep watch with me. Verse 39. Going a little farther, and I want you to listen to these next 10 words. He fell with his face to the ground and prayed. He says, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not my will, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So there's two types of falling in, presented in this text that we just read. The first one is when Jesus falls, as the Bible says that he fell to the ground and prayed. You know, he didn't do this courteous, you know, on bended knee where he just kind of slowly and calmly bowed down. The Bible gives this, gives this picture of he's in so much agony and so much uh, struggle and concern for what he's about to endure that he fell. He fell down and prayed. And then the second scenario of falling is this idea in verse 41 where it says, watch and pray so that you do not fall. So one is like the beginning, start with this or you'll end with this. So one comes first and one comes last. So whichever fall happens first determines which fall will happen next. Jesus fell to his knees in the garden, but it was the devil who would fall to his knees at the resurrection. So Jesus started his journey. He started this circumstance. He started this predicament in the posture that, it, that is the posture that we can all learn from, that when we're faced with things that are troubling, when we're faced with things that are challenging to us, what I want to talk about today is it matters the, the order in which we fall. So let me ask you this question. Who fell first, Jesus or Satan? I would make the, 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 the argument that Jesus fell in prayer first. And when we fall to our knees in submission to the Lord, we see this Jesus, he says, listen, he's talking to his father and he's like, hey, father, if there's any way that we could not do it this way, that'd be great. But then he falls not only not only in his posture physically, but he falls in his posture, in his mind, in his soul, in his emotions, in his spirit. And he says, but not my will, your will be done. He fell with that posture first. And I would present to you that the reason the enemy was defeated was because Jesus started on his knees. And when he started on his knees, it brought the enemy to his knees. Let me show you this, these couple of verses here. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. 
Psalm 145, verse 14 says the opposite. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. So when we bow down first, the scriptures say God lifts us up. But if we come with, a pri- with pride or a haughty spirit, Proverbs says you're going to fall. <laughs> Either way, you end up on your knees. I want to start on my knees. So I don't know what you're going through today. I don't, I don't know your challenge. Uh, and you've heard it say the bigger they are, the harder they fall. I think Jesus would, would illustrate to us that the bigger the situation, the quicker we should fall. The bigger the challenge, the bigger the predicament, the, the more important it is that we start that journey, start that process on bended knee. And so what I want to talk to you about today, the title of my message is God, would you give us, here it is, the faith to fall first. Give us the faith to fall first. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Uh, that you are here with us. Father, would you speak to us through your word today? We welcome you into this room, uh, into the Edmond campus. I know there's a lot of people that are homesick today. Uh, It's spreading. There's a lot of people at the Edmond campus out. There's a lot of people at the OKC campus out. So we have a lot of people watching online today. God, would you bless them? Would you strengthen them? Would you give them healing and restoration? God, if there's anybody that's watching this that is in the hospital with COVID or in the hospital with situation, God, bring healing to that hospital room right now. We thank you that you are our protector. You are our healer. We thank you for it. Uh, we give you this day. We give you this room. We give you our hearts. And God, I haven't done this in a really long time, but I pray for the Oklahoma City Thunder because we are 14 and 28. And we, we just kind of, we need your help. Uh, And God, we know the Cowboys are your team and help us slaughter the 49ers today in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, there's power in prayer, amen. It's my fault the thunder got bad. I used to pray for the thunder every week and I just kind of fell off and I stopped doing it. And so it's time that we have a resurrection with the Oklahoma City Thunder, all right? It's time. Um, I am, am so in love with my wife, Michelle, uh, let me just kind of tell you, back up a reason that, that I fell in love with her. This is going to be the weirdest reason you've ever heard in your life. When we were in college and we met, we were both dating someone else, right? And so, yeah, it got awkward, but we, we became friends. Like, we became so close and just, fr- we just like to hang out. And we both had, we both had, uh, we were both dating someone else, but we just became friends. And we would play ping pong together. Uh, we would throw the football together. We would just do a lot of things that were fun. Let me tell you something about my wife. She's, she's watching today, um, and she doesn't know I'm saying this, so if I'm in trouble when I get home, you'll know, you'll know why. My wife is kind of clumsy. Um, she falls a lot. It, one of the very first memories I have of us kind of hanging out together is I threw a football at her, and it kind of went over her head, and she turned around, and she took off running after it, and when she got to it, she tripped and just fell. I'm talking like not trip and like catch it on the knee, and catch it on the hand. I'm talking like face plant, scrape your face along the grass, fall. And here's what I love about Michelle. Every time she falls, we have the best moment ever. Last weekend, okay, we go to this birthday party. Some friends of ours are having a birthday party. We pull up at this house, and this is a really, really nice neighborhood. I'm talking like really nice neighborhood. And so, (laughs) 
<laughs> we get out of the car and I drive a truck. And so I, I, she opens the door. Like she's dressed up, y'all. She's got like nice heels on. And, and she, I, all I hear is thump, 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 thump. And, and then I hear just her bust out laughing, okay? I look over and she's not in her seat. The door's open. I don't know where she's at. I get out. I'm like concerned. I get out. I run around the front of the truck and she is like, I'm not kidding you. She is like this, <laughs> laying on this person's front lawn. Like she doesn't even care. She's just laughing. You know, if I fall, you know, it's like, get up quick, look around. Is anybody watching? Nobody saw it. Okay, I'm good. Michelle don't care. She's just like, I fell. I don't care. Here I am. I'm just going to lay here and have a good laugh. And we sat there for literally two or three minutes, belly laughing. And I finally picked her up off the grass and we walked into this party. She get the grass off. She got grass stains all over her. I love this about her. She doesn't take herself too seriously. She, 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 she's not prideful or insecure. And I'm so, one of the very first memories, like I said, is her falling. And babe, I'm not saying I want you to fall a lot. That's not what I'm saying. But there's just something, that's something that we share. You're like, okay, my pastor's really weird right now. But I love this about her. And of course, Jesus falls in a different manner, okay? We're not saying that Jesus is clumsy and Jesus fell down. But there is something really powerful about this idea and our willingness to let pride go to the side, let insecurity go to the side. And you know what? I'm just going to fall on my knees. I'm going to fall on my face and worship and submit and surrender to the Lord. I remember when I was a teenager, my dad was a, a pastor and um, I didn't want to raise my hands. I don't know why. I just thought it was embarrassing. And I, I don't know why. I just wouldn't raise my hands in church. It was just this thing where what if people are looking and what if people. And I remember when I got to the point, it was when I got to college and I had this encounter with the Holy Spirit. And it got to the point where I didn't care who saw it. I'm going to worship my God, my King, who is worthy of all my praise. I just got to this point where I didn't care anymore. And what I want to do is I want to talk through this passage, through this story in the Bible. I want us to learn from Jesus this morning. Uh, okay, so let's go back to this text. I only got two points this morning. Verse 38, it says, and he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed. Point number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. How you start determines how you end. How you start determines how you end. Uh, verse 39, Jesus gives his father his job back. It says, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. He's like, father, here's my request. Here's what I would really like to happen, but... I give you your job back. Your, your, your ways are, are better than mine. So God, I, I, this is what I really want to happen. It was a request followed by obedience. When we approach God in this manner, it's a request. God wants to know your request. He wants to know your plan. Give it to him. But it's a request followed by direct obedience. We, uh, we recently hired a consulting firm at the university in our enrollment management program, our admissions program, we just wanted to know what we didn't know. And so we, we brought this consulting firm in and they spent two or three days with us and these were the top of the best in their line of work at, at large universities. They know what they're doing. 
And so when they come back with their recommendations, guess what we do? We, okay, let's do that. In some ways, prayer becomes this. Prayer becomes this idea that I need to consult with someone greater than myself. There's something about this situation that I'm facing that I don't know what I don't know. And this is, this is prayer. Prayer is going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I think I know, but maybe I don't know. I don't know what I don't know, Lord, so I, I need you to consult me. And guess, guess what? We, we had consultants from, from doing great things. Our consultant is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. So he already knows the end from the beginning. And so we're consulting with him and we're, we're, we're coming to him on bended knee and saying, Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. First Peter 5, 5 says, God resists you when you are proud, but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. Verse six, if... There's an if. If you bow low in God's awesome presence, he will eventually exalt you as you leave the, time, leave the timing in his hands. I truly believe that when you start the, where you start the journey will determine where you end the journey. Uh, I want to reread these passages again that I read at the beginning of the sermon. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. It says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. Psalm 145, 14. The Lord upholds all who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. There is, I don't, you, you can't convince me otherwise. There is a direct correlation between your beginning posture and your ending posture. There is a correlation on how I start and how I finish. The good news is, is if you've already started without God, you can restart. You can just start over. You, you know, sometimes have you ever gone down the path and, and you started to do something you're like, oh, hold on, I, I kind of messed this up. God, can, I, I, can we just push pause on that? I need to come back to you. I, I started the business without even asking you. <laughs> I took the job without even asking you. I moved my whole family to another city without even really consulting you, Lord. And these are things that, 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 that we have to press into. So we can either start on our knees or end on our knees. And I know that, seems, that sounds harsh, but let me remind you, Matthew 26, 41, this is Jesus. He says, watch and pray so that you don't fall. If you'll pray, then you won't fall. And can I be really brutally honest? I'm getting really tired of seeing pastors fall. And I'm getting really tired of seeing all of us, any of us fall. So we end on our knees many times because we didn't begin on our knees. We didn't fall to our knees in reverence and honor and thanksgiving and, and seeking the Lord's will. So we end up trying to do something on our own or, or we started out the right way, but over time we start thinking, I'm pretty good at this. I don't know that I need the Lord anymore. And we would never articulate that, but inside of ourselves, we just get good. And so before you know it, we end up falling and this is really the key in verse 41. Jesus continues, and he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is why fasting is so important. This is why we want to start this way every single year, is because when we fast for 21 days, what we are saying is, I don't want to be led by my flesh. Because my flesh will lead me to failure. My flesh will lead me to falling. And so I want to starve my flesh and feed my spirit. 
This is what fasting is. And Jesus is our example. We talked about this last week, but I want to show it to you again. Philippians 2.8 says, Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself. Is saying, Jesus, he started on bended knee. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. In verse 9, for this reason also. So it's saying, because he started on bended knee, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in earth, on, in earth and on, on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So because Jesus came in low, God lifted him high. Jesus on his own started low. There is a direct correlation between the posture that you start with and the posture that God will put you at, okay? So, so number one, we, we, we studied this. How you start determines how you end. Now, point number two, write this down. How you start determines how your enemy ends, okay? So let's look at this, let's look at this correlation. So Jesus started on bended knee, and the enemy ended on bended knee. Now, if you reverse back all the way up to the wilderness, remember, remember the devil, we're going to cover this in a minute, but I just want to throw it in here too. The devil started by trying to get Jesus to bend his knee first. Remember this, he's in the wilderness for 40 days and he has all these temptations and the devil tells Jesus, if you will bow down and worship me, he tried to get Jesus to bow to him first. And Jesus refused. Jesus, was, Jesus wouldn't, wouldn't bow to him first. And what strikes me in this, and, I, and I'm going to re-hit this in a minute, but what strikes me in this is even Satan understands the power of a bended knee. Yeah. Yeah. He could have asked Jesus to do anything. Hey, hop on one foot and I'll do this. He says, bow down, get on your knees and, and worship me. So the enemy understands this like us. And I'm here to just present to you today that a bended knee is a battle stance, okay? And I know you know this. I know we sing songs about it, but our culture doesn't tell us this. Our culture tells us that you gotta take a stand, you know, you gotta, you gotta stand up for yourself, you gotta do this. It is a true battle stance. And I wanna just take a second and talk to all the single ladies in the house. Any single ladies in the house? A couple, okay. You better find you a man who is okay on bended knee. That is a battle stance. And if I could talk to all the fellows in the room who think you have to be a provider and you gotta take a stand, your kids and your wife need to see you bend your knee. It's a posture of, of submission, surrender to the Lord. Why does starting on my knees, why is this so important? I know this is, but why, why is this so important? I would present to you that when we start on bended knee, you make a transition, something transitions. Okay? Now, I'm not just talking physically. I think a lot of times it needs to be physical. But if you will approach every situation on bended knee to the, to the Lord, you make a transition from depending on yourself to depending on the Lord. You transition. Uh, you, you step out of your flesh and your own abilities to do something, and you step into the supernatural abilities of the Lord. Okay? And these transitional moments happen when we come on, on bended knee. The, on bended knee, we begin to tap into the power of prayer. Let me show you this. We've talked about this before many times. In Mark chapter 9, verse 25, it says, Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, and he rebuked the impure spirit, 
You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you to come out of him and never enter him again. And the spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently and came out. And the boy looked so much like a corpse that many said he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him by to his feet. And he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? Why couldn't we take the enemy to his knees? Jesus replied, this kind can only come out by prayer. Some translations say prayer and fasting. Okay, so you see this correlation. Jesus is literally telling them, the enemy, in this situation, the enemy could only be brought to his knees from a bent knee. He was like, you can try all you want. You can scream, you can holler. He said, but this kind can only happen through prayer. This kind can only happen with, God is saying, this kind can only happen with my help. And you get my help when you come in prayer, when you come on bended knee. It's showing the power that we have in prayer. Uh, look, how, look how he identifies this house. We talked about this briefly last week. Matthew 21, 12, Jesus entered the temple courts, drove out all who were buying and selling. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches and those selling doves. It is written, he said, my house will be called a house of prayer. Jesus chooses one word to identify his house. He could have identified any word. He could have used any word to identify his house. And he chose to use the word prayer. It's prayer that he identifies. Not a trendy sermon series. <laughs> not lights, not gimmicks, not events, not entertainment. He says, my house should be called a house of prayer. Why? Because sermon series won't change your life. Gimmicks in church won't change your life. Cool lights won't change your life. Big stages won't change your life. Big speakers won't change your life. Big worship leaders won't change your life. Nothing will change your life like bending your knee in prayer and coming to the Lord with a personal relationship. We, we have to stop putting our relationships with the Lord through other people and through other ministries and through churches. Your relationship with the Lord is not dependent upon the leader that you follow or the pastor that you listen to. Your relationship with the Lord is your willingness to bend your knee and have a direct connection with the Lord. If you start on bended knee, you will send the enemy to his knees. If you fail to bend your knee first, he will send you to yours. Okay? So I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what you're, you're challenged with. And maybe it's just me. Like, um, maybe I'm the only imperfect one in the room. But there's a lot of times that I am in the middle of a situation and I get stuck. And I'm like, oh, yeah. How you doing, God? I forgot you. Hey, um, uh, you know, I should have came to you earlier. It's like it's so easy for prayer to become a last resort, isn't it? Like it, we get stuck, we try to do it on our own, and then we get stuck, and then we're coming to the Lord saying, hey, um, there's this thing that I, that I forgot to mention. And so the, really the key is, this is all you know, pretty easy so far. This is all kind of like, yeah, I know, John, I come to church for stuff I already knew. But really the big question becomes, if we all agree that we should fall first, really what we need is some sort of a trigger. I need something to remind me. So um, my, I, I have, you know, 
I'm not declaring this, but I struggle with knee pain because of all the years of college basketball. And um, what I have found over the years is that when I have too much sugar intake in my body, my knees start hurting because it's inflammation and sugar causes inflammation. And so when my knees start hurting, I know it's a trigger for me. The pain triggers me to say, I need to reduce my sugar intake. So what we need is some sort of a trigger. When when there's a circumstance that comes my way, we all agree, I sure hope we do, that we should pray first. That's like, that's not, but how do we we be reminded to do this? Let Let me do this. Let's go to a familiar verse. I want to show you something in this that I hope is a truth that can become a trigger for us. Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your requests to God. Now let me show you what, like we think anxious is like a bad word, um, and we, we have a really negative connotation to the word anxious. And I, and I agree, it is, it is kind of a bad, it can become a bad thing. But let me show you the Greek word. Okay, so let's go to the Greek word of anxious. And let's see the original language intent. The, the Greek word anxious in this text is marinao, and it simply means to care for, to look out for it. So if I came to you and I said, hey, I care about you, would you be like, oh, you should get rid of that care in your life. That's a horrible thing. You shouldn't care. So the original language of this isn't like anxiety and stress. and It's like if you care about it, you should pray about it. If, you, if, if, if it matters enough in your life for you to care about or for you to want to look out for it, I'm looking out for it. I'm looking out for my kids. I'm looking out for my wife. I'm looking out for the church. I'm looking out. All the things that I'm looking out for, he's saying you should, you should pray about those things. Uh, I love Rick, Rick Warren's quote. He said, if it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. So the trigger should become, if you care about it, there's your trigger. Because the temptation is when I care about something, you're really faced with a decision. And really the question we start asking ourselves is, what can I do to fix this? What can I do? That's really human nature, is when we care about something or we look out for something, our first response is, I'll fix this. The true trigger is, I should bend my knee to this. I should pray about this. So Jesus modeled this so well let me show you, let me show you the, his, his, his anxiousness, okay? Matthew 26, 37, he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him and he began to, to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul, watch the explanation of the state of his soul, is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Now I've, cared for some stuff, but I don't know that I've ever cared about something so much that I was brought to the point of death. So I'm not saying Jesus had anxiety and he was stressed out. I'm saying he cared so much for us and for what he was about to face that he fell to his knees. He fell on his face. He says, stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell on his face to the ground and prayed. So if if that's the trigger, okay, if, if anxious, if we care and that's the trigger, and we do what the scriptures say, and we bring it to the Lord on bended knee, and we say we're praying about this, it's petition, it's thanksgiving to the Lord. Watch this. What is the reward for a bended knee? The trigger is that we care. The response is that we bow. 
we pray, we submit it to the Lord. Now watch the reward for this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And if you will do this, if you will bend your knee at the trigger of anxiousness, here it is, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. Now we know that verse, and we've heard sermons on that verse at this church. But what I wanna do is show you the power of peace. Okay? So if, if I care for something and it triggers me to pray about it and God's gift back to me is peace. It says that the peace of God will overtake us. Now flip over to Romans chapter 16 and verse 20. I wanna show you the power of peace. It says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. When I care about something, it triggers me to bend my knee Bending my knee gives me empowerment of peace, and the empowerment of peace takes the enemy to his knees. You see that cycle? That's the cycle that we must get in the rhythm of doing. Unfortunately, I don't know about you, but this is kind of the, the, the cycle that I find myself in sometimes. Um, a situation arises, um, I care about it, and it leads me to have thoughts like, I can fix this. Thoughts like I can fix this leads me down a path of anxiety and stress and worrying and manipulating and controlling people and trying to fix this and fix that. And it usually ends up by failing. I usually fail the very thing that I'm trying to fix because I'm doing it without the Lord. And then it ends with me bowing anyways. Because I'm usually at the end of that going back to the Lord and saying, God, please help me. <laughs> Will you fix this for me, please? And God's like, I'm really glad that you're bowing on bended knee. But if you would have just reversed those, if you had just started on bended knee and said, Lord, this is what I think. If I'd have modeled it like Jesus said and said, Jesus, if there's any way that we could do it this way, that'd be great. But you know what? Thy will be done. Now I've received the peace that surpasses understanding, knowing that there's a God who, who knows better than I do anyway, so why do I need to worry about it? And now I receive peace. And the Bible says that the God of peace will crush Satan under my feet through the gift of peace. So we just need to reverse the cycle. We just gotta reverse the cycle. The bend, our bended knee can be the most powerful position that we have. God, please give me the faith to fall first. And the reason I put that word faith in the title of the sermon is because it takes faith to fall first. It doesn't really take faith for you to try to take over and figure it out on your own. It takes faith for me to stop doing what I think should be done and say, God, I, I have faith that you know better than I do and that your ways are better than mine. And so I'm gonna start on bended knee. God, give me the faith to fall first. Even Satan, let's, let's, I want to show you this passage that I talked about a minute, a minute ago, Matthew 4, 8. It says, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. So I want you to notice, pause, where did they start? Up high. He took him to a high place first. You see the order. Then he says to him, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. 
Even Satan knows that bowing is a sign of worship. It's, even Satan knows the power of a bended knee. We must know the power of a bended knee better than Satan knows the power of a bended knee. Let me remind you again that everyone ends up on their knees. You should not let pride keep you from bowing your knee in your heart or physically. Even in church, I would love for us to get a culture of a church where during worship we look around our sanctuary and we just see people on their knees all over the place. Because we're gonna end up on our knees anyways. This scripture in Philippians 2.10 says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. And then just to be real clear, it says those that are in heaven, on earth, and under the earth. So I'd rather start on my knees. I'd rather start on my knees. I'd rather start in a sign and a posture of this. So how, I, I, I just felt very strongly that how we start is so important. So important. And the temptation of all of us, as, as I've said, is to take over and to take control of the situation, to fix the situation, to even, if necessary, manipulate people and even tell myself lies. You know who the easiest person to lie to in your life is you. So let me show you one more thing and we'll, we'll close. So fast forward this story. So Jesus starts on bended knee, right? He starts in this posture in the garden of bended knee. Now, Matthew 26, verse 50, 52, Peter, something happens and Peter's like, I got this. Jesus, step aside. I got this. We got a predicament. We got a situation. So Peter pulls out his dagger, pulls out his knife, and chops the dude's ear off. And he's probably thinking, you're welcome. God, you're welcome. Have you ever, we would never say that, but really that's what Peter's doing. Hey, God, you're welcome. Now watch what Jesus says to him. Jesus said to him, put your dagger away. And I want to pause on that for just one second. What Jesus is saying to Peter is put away your tools in this situation. What Jesus is saying to Peter is, hey, you didn't start on bended knee, but I did. And I asked the Father if there was any other way. And I said, not my will, but your be done. And the Lord has shown me that this is the only way. So put your dagger away. You don't know what you're doing. Okay, so he says, put your dagger away for all those who embraced violence will die by violence. Don't you realize, and this is the part I want to hit on, don't you realize that I could, I could. Now, let's go back. Let's pause there. You can take that off the screen for just a second. We'll come back to it. Don't you know that Jesus could? And this is, this, let's learn from Jesus. Jesus started on bended knee. And whatever your situation is, whatever your predicament is, you got something you could do or you have something you should do. Jesus is like, you know what I could have done? I could have called my father in heaven and he'd have sent legions of angels to save me. I could have. I could have done that myself, Peter, like you did with that stupid dagger, you idiot. Like I could have done what you did. I could have went with my instincts and just tried to fix the situation myself. But Peter, you know something? I started on bended knee and I know the father's plan 
So, he's te- so the temptation for all of us is to fix it. And Jesus is trying to tell Peter, I could have fixed this. I don't need your help. I could have done this. It says, verse 53, don't you realize that I could ask my father for angels to come at any time to deliver me? And instantly he would answer me by sending more than 12 legions of angels to come and protect me. Verse 54, but, this is really good, but that would thwart the prophetic plan of God. If I come out of bended knee and I pick up my dagger and I try to fix the situation myself, what Jesus is telling us is that when we do that, we go against the plan of God. And none of us would say, yeah, what's your plan? I, my plan is to go against the plan of God. That's what I'm here to do today. God's gonna tell me what to do and I'm gonna say, I'm gonna do the opposite. No, none of us would do that. But many of us unknowingly do that because we don't come to the Lord first on bended knee. We don't come to him with this posture of starting in this posture. And Peter pulled out his dagger to control the situation. And Jesus had already been on bended knee and he knew how this thing was gonna end. Can you stand to your feet with me? I got other notes, but I wanna pause there. I don't know what it is you're facing today. I don't know the challenge that's in front of you. Um, I don't know the temptation that you have, or maybe, maybe it's the temptation that you've already succumbed to, and you're, th- you're sitting here thinking, man, I wish I'd have heard this sermon a month ago, because for a month I've been trying to control this situation. The, the good news is, like I said earlier, is if you've already started down a path and you have a dagger and you're already doing your thing, it's never too late to drop the dagger and go back on bended knee and say, Lord, I, I need to start over here. Maybe what I'm doing is right. Maybe the, the path I'm taking is the right path, but I need to come back to you and say, God, is this, is this the right thing? You see this happening all through the Old Testament. They would inquire of the Lord. David, King David would come before he would go into battle and he would inquire of the Lord. Should we go into battle or should we not go into battle? What are they doing? They're bending their knee first so that when we're in the middle of the battle, they're not going, oops, we should have inquired of the Lord first. And so I wanna give some space, we have time to do this, I wanna give some space uh, for us to just pause, have a reflective moment, and for whatever it is we're facing, whatever circumstance or, or predicament or issue that we have in front of us, we all have something in front of us, I wanna invite you to bend your knee and give that to the Lord. Okay, I wanna in, invite us to pause, and you can do this any way you want. You can, you can stay standing right where you're at. Some of you feel the urge to, to truly bend your knee. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to do it right where you're at. I encourage you to come to the altar. Some of you feel that prompting uh, to come to the altar. Just fall on your knees. Somebody may need to fall on their face to the Lord and say, Lord, I'm pausing today, bending my knee to my will, bending my, my knee to everything uh, that, that I think should happen, and I want to give it all to you today. So if you want to remain standing, if you want to sit, if you want to bend a knee, we're just going to go back into worship for just one moment. We won't belabor it for long, but let's let the Holy Spirit do something in us. All right, Father, we thank you for this moment. We worship you in this moment. God, speak to us. We're giving space here for you to speak to us about things that we are trying to control. God, help us to have the courage to put our dagger down. We put our daggers down this morning. We trust you. 
We thank you, God. Give us the faith to fall first in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church/give. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.